You're listening to Around the King's Table, a podcast of the Mount Church in Clemson, South Carolina, with Pastor George Marshall and Pastor Brian Mann. Pull up a chair and listen in as they seek to serve up biblical dialogue for building disciples of Jesus. Let me welcome us to a new year of Around the King's Table. I'm Brian. And I'm George. And uh, today's episode, George, marks the beginning of a series we are going to call Love in Hard Places. Mm-hmm. Uh, every Christian and church is called to bear a cross, uh, not just from time to time, but as a way of life. It's the way of following Jesus. But Absolutely. inherent to it is great difficulty. Uh, even something we can maybe say is above nature. Mm-hmm. Like Christian love is supernatural. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not something we're inclined to do as fallen human beings, but something the grace of God enables us to do. And as such, uh, it is a distinguishing mark, I would say, of a true Christian and of a healthy church. Uh, we might even go on to say it's an apologetic for the truth of the gospel, the truth of Christ. And just so, it must absolutely be a mark that is maturing with each one of us. But again, this new birth mark can be quite demanding. Mm-hmm. It can be quite difficult. Jesus says that it will take the shape of a cross. Peter speaks of it in the context of great suffering and the need for great endurance. Paul uses terms like patience and forbearance, things that we don't tend to like. Uh, Ideas like overlooking offenses and doing what's right, even if all the world won't do it. Uh, Believing the best about others, super difficult thing to do. So this love, Christian love, cruciform love, biblical love, is a very great duty that puts us in some very hard places. Places, Mm -hmm. Or at least inclines us to go that extra mile whenever it's needed. Mm-hmm. And we want to speak to that in this series to address really a, a wide variety of situations from serving the disabled uh, to counseling uh, those who may be uh, clinically or spiritually depressed to uh, doing good to those who hate us. Yep. And today, to get things started, to get things rolling in this series, I thought we'd speak to slow growth. Mm. Uh Slow growth in the Christian life. It can be particularly hard to stay level-headed, and in a word, loving, towards one whose progress in Christ seems to be frequently sidetracked, stunted, slippery, and in another word, slow. And vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. So as a pastor, a discipler, a brother and sister in a local church, that can be extremely testing mm-hmm. if we're not careful. If we're not right? careful. Mm-hmm. So let's begin to walk through love in this hard place. You ready? Yeah. All right. So, George, uh, do we have any uh, biblical examples uh-huh. of folks who don't come along, so to speak, as quickly as we might expect? Yeah, we'd say probably numerous, but uh, just uh, let's let's detail a couple. So Paul to the Corinthians. Yeah. I mean, he obviously deals with some pretty serious sin problems that go beyond just snail's mm. pace. But as he deals with the church, it's questions like, why haven't you already done this? What you mm-hmm. know, there's this, you know, you should be further along the path here. You're mm-hmm. not demonstrating what you already know and I know was taught to you. He even goes out of his way there to say, you have all these great graces about mm-hmm. you, all these great gifts and abilities, but your maturity is lagging behind. Yeah. 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 Um, 
whoever wrote Hebrews, um, he's speaking to mm-hmm. a group who are just not really yeah. getting it and, and thinking that, you know, I can just sit back and pretend uh, I'll go back to Judaism again. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, mm-hmm. th- that way I won't be pulled out, caught aside, face any sort of exclusion or punishment or, or whatnot. And he's, and, and the writer of Hebrews is, is essentially, you know, how would you give up Christ and all his fullness of what he offers mm-hmm. um, just for a little bit of ease, essentially. Yeah. He's been talking about the high, the great, the eternal priesthood of Christ, or at least he's moving in that direction. And then mm-hmm. in chapter five, verse 11, he says about this, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing for though by this time you ought to be teachers you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, yeah. not solid food. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Anything um, else there? Paul, to, to talk about strong and weak Christians, the, mm-hmm. the mere fact that he has to deal with strong and weak Christians, and it's not that he's creating a dichotomy of, you know, good believers and bad believers. Mm-hmm. It's more just that some people are going to be further along or understand their freedom a little bit better or differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to deal with that. So that's, there's a little bit of just love and patience and, and knowledge of what God is doing in community um, that will affect how we, how we disciple one another, mm-hmm. even if it's slow for some. Um, and then finally, I, I would say just Jesus with the disciples. We, we yeah. can't get past just the way he is mark them out as patient, well. yeah. the way he is at sometimes almost cutting. Like y- y'all are just not getting it. What, what have I been here this long and you still don't get it? Mm-hmm. You're asking rudimentary questions. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, he hangs out with them to the end. He, he perseveres with them, mm-hmm. even with some who are in his community who really aren't even believers at all. They're not going to follow. Yeah. So I think that's one of the things that we're going to come back to here. We see the disciples frequently being, so they have these like, uh, penthouse moments, you know, like they're, yeah. they're up in the heavens and then immediately after it's like outhouse, yeah. you know, and, and we read that and we go, man, that is super frustrating. Like I would never be like that, but, but so, we go so good. It. Yeah, right. <laughs> We're exactly. It's there for us. Um, but then we also see how, how Jesus, uh, treats them with kindness uh, and tenderness and gentleness and, and leads them along. Sure. Uh, in those ways. So uh, I think I think you got all of them for me. I mean, again, we um, we talk a lot about uh, New Covenant people, New Testament uh, people about sure. the church. Of course, as you go to Israel, we have to be careful with Israel because you're dealing with a, a mixed group of people. You have some people who have circumcised heart, but the greater part of that body is an unregenerate people. They have uncircumcised hearts. Sure. Still, it's just amazing. Even you have that, a, a faithful guy like Elijah who just doesn't get it at one point yeah, and right. it's really frustrated and you mm-hmm. can just see the the record is mm-hmm. skipping it's not quite making it around the way god wants it to mm-hmm. and has to really confront him so yeah well you just again the history of israel is just so up and down and up and down and then it stays down and goes deeper 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 down and then you can almost yeah. treat their slowness of the <laughs> yeah. entire nation yeah. as yeah. what what it would be like yeah. for one disciple yeah so. yeah which is why it can be so um egregious i think when you have the new covenant people of god who ideally i think have new hearts uh and yet we still continue to sort of um snail our way mm-hmm. along uh from one season to another so yeah all right some biblical examples there uh how have you seen this? Uh, so just speaking personally here, yeah. uh, how have you seen this in your, your own life? There's sort oh, of slow gosh. progress. Slow slipping. progress. Yeah. Uh, two things. 
as I think about it, I can see two times in my life where things just kind of hit a speed bump and it was like trying to get them back on track. Um, one of them at just being engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just courting with disaster a little bit, trying to, you know, press things before they were ready, before it was time. Mm-hmm. Um, and wasn't really wanting to listen to biblical wisdom coming from voices around me and just not doing anything necessarily beyond the pale, but just courting sin instead of, you know, fleeing it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, that, you know, has its effects on discipleship in general. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one. Another one was um, I I tried to apply for uh, Wycliffe at one point. Yeah. Um, I'm still interested in doing that in the future, but just based on time of life and some things that were going on, they said, no, right now we don't think is a good time for you. Mm. Um, we think you should work on these, you know, some other areas here and then come back and see us in, in the future. Um, and I did not receive that really well and kind of just a spiritual malaise, not really wanting to engage, trying to figure out like, God, you gave me these passions. Why in the world would they yeah. not see that and respond? Mm-hmm. So, Maybe a little bit of, you know, spiritual just arrogance and I thought I was all that maybe. I, yeah. I don't know. But it, it, it a malaise that just sort yeah. of caused discipleship to go at a snail's pace at that point. It's certainly yeah. a main one for, for um, pastors, vocational, like whatever. If, if you're serving uh, as a shepherd in a church uh, and you are uh, particularly inclined towards learning, reading, studying, mm-hmm. these kinds of things, uh, I think... The temptate, there's a great temptation to think that we know so much and then the knowledge right. puffs us up and so we become spiritually arrogant. I think yeah. that's definitely an area where um, growing into pastoral, personal humility, mm-hmm. um, the ability to hold your tongue, good grief, uh, these kinds of things. Like I think those are things that I feel like I should have progressed further than I have at this point in my 40th year of of life. So um, it those itself are, is a, a misunderstanding of our own weaknesses at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember listening to a recent podcast episode. Uh, I think it was the ministry network with Paul Washer, where Paul Washer is this great preacher, great man of God, but he was just talking about one of the most disappointing things in his life was that he feels like he ought to be further along than he is, you know, <laughs> and uh, why isn't he? Right. And so uh, what's getting in the way? Uh, for me, again, there's a bevy of things that we could I could bring up here, but um, I think especially uh, these things. You and I do accountability together, so you know some of these things. But just uh, gentleness of tone, mm-hmm. uh, patience in and not just in ministry, uh, but even in the home. You know, like I, I want to be increasingly tender and gentle, and kind of like Paul Washer, I feel like I should be further along uh, than I am in those things. So sure. there's a slowness. So I guess what we're what I'm trying to get at is as we get into some of these other things is this is not something that we are not touched by, you right. know, like we're not standing we're not outside of saying, listen, and we'll talk a little bit more about this in particular, but we're not standing outside and going, look at all these slow, uh, believers. And, and right. we're, we're, we're outside of that. We're above that. So, right. Okay. Other things that we can mention there, but, uh, let's move along. Um, as you see it in the life of others, mm-hmm. and particularly as a pastor, uh, what makes growth at a snail's pace, a hard place, to love. Mm. I think one of the big things that makes it difficult is just our isolation socially, culturally anyway. Um, it's hard to distinguish slow discipleship from distance, whether for good reason or not. 
it can be very hard to one get those opportunities for close discipleship and fellowship that would lead to spiritual growth mm-hmm. and then it's just hard that you know once you've gotten that little bit of distance it can be hard to re-engage it can be hard to really press in and know you know how far can i go how far you know have have we separated so much that i really need to bring somebody else in and so it just it can be very very difficult with our culture i think yeah. and so mm-hmm. it kind of it, it just pushes us really to if we want to see discipleship happen in the church to encourage and build those relationships that are going to keep us not not they're going to stop us from being so isolated mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think too um you can have a good desire to see spiritual progress mm-hmm. we want to see things happening sure uh but we want to see it really fast. We yeah. want to see it quickly. We get a little antsy when it's not like fast fruit. Yeah. You know? we, we measure <clears throat> That's the right. wrong things That's sometimes. right. Yeah. yeah. And I think one of the things that makes it hard when things are slow is that, again, we're not patient by nature. Like That's something that is spiritually learned. Yeah. And so I think that makes it a hard place to love is we lack patience. And ultimately, um, we lack trust. In the Lord, Vision. yeah, and uh, and so we want again. We want to see things moving quickly, but they're not moving as quickly as we want them to move. Whether it's for a particular individual or ourselves or for the church, so that can make it a hard place uh, to love. Um, I think another thing uh, is uh, that we we clearly, I clearly at least, sometimes forget myself and my own. Slowness. My, some of the things. That's why we just mentioned uh-huh. some of those things. I forget my own um, progress and and some of the things that the Lord Himself has to deal with concerning me. Yeah. <laughs> I forget those things, right? And I don't. And in forgetting them, I don't extend the same kind of charity, patience, yep. and grace uh, to others that the Lord extends uh, very freely to me. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, Another thing I think that makes this a hard place to love is that just our flesh, right? Like we, with such souls that are, that really are, um, again, slippery, slow, stunted, these kinds of things. We may have the tendency to misread that Mm -hmm. as being intentional or sabotaging so that we are losing love instead of oozing love right we don't we don't necessarily respond as jesus when you know confronting sin he actually kind of is drawn in yeah we can instead be that kind of pushed away yeah it's very um you know so like you know growing up um playing sports did you play sports no (laughs) well for 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 any listener who who grew up playing sports they would know uh get the the illustration here but you know you'd go out on a basketball court or whatever and you're trying to you you get two uh captains and they're picking teams and and they're wanting to pick you know you're wanting to stack your team and so you're trying to pick the best players and then of course you always end up with the one or two that are the very last ones and of course it says something like there is a there's a message in being last you Mm -hmm. know um, and so again, spiritually, spiritual pride can take over, uh, and, and we just don't want to have anything to do with that person because, right. you know, they're, they're slow, they're yeah. slower. They're not moving as fast as we want to move yeah. and we want to ride with the people that are moving fast. So that makes that a hard place it because it, 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 it demands some things of us. And so let's move to that. 
what does love require of us in this scenario? Mm. Uh, the, the the major category that comes in all of this is is going to be submission. I mean, we've been talking it in First Peter with the men's group. We've been talking it in a number of other places, but I, I think that being submitted to one another helps mm-hmm. us. It, it works that patience and endurance in us so that we mm-hmm. know we respond to somebody who is is going slow in discipleship yeah. is you know not proceeding at the pace we think is is appropriate that we give them that extra time um, sometimes we don't know all the details sometimes we do know the details but but often we we don't you know that we know we know in part and being submitted to one another helps us kind of gain perspective Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as I thought on this one in particular, I, I went down through uh, several different scenarios uh, from one person to another person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought of Paul talking to Timothy, so an apostle to, um, you know, they're, yeah. they're called the sure. pastoral epistles. Timothy's right. probably He's a pastor or something, something like that. kind of like that. Yeah. Um, a delegate to the church or whatever he right. is. But he's been given instructions by an apostle for, for the church. And he calls him, I believe it was in Second Timothy, to preach with perfect patience uh-huh. in season and out, of season, out yeah. of season when things are going fast and swimmingly and when things are just yep. not and he's yep. saying but but that whole that the, the the descriptor there the qualifier not just patience but perfect patience uh, that's just kind of like a you Complete know patience. yeah yes that's right a, a mature and maturing patience uh-huh. uh is is something that i think this requires of us and of course you think of what pa paul describes love in first corinthians 13 love is first thing he says uh-huh. is patient. patient that's right love is patient it bears all believes all hopes all endures all Absolutely. and so we just have to have that marinating over our hearts and then i thought of like paul i think it's to um the Thessalonican church uh, where he talks about mm-hmm. how he was with him as a nursing mother. Mm-hmm. This is a great apostle Paul, you know, the great missionary. He's going to right. get beat up all over the place, but he's with this particular church, this new newborn church as a nursing mother. Well, then he turns around in first Corinthians. I think it's first Corinthians. I think it's one of the Corinthians. Maybe I'm wrong on Corinthians, but he says to them, you, you have, you have some leaders, mm-hmm. but you don't have any fathers. Right. You need fathers. Right. And so, so I just thought that was an interesting thing that, that what it requires of us is on the one hand, we need to be like a, a, a nursing mother, like uh, that goes to the, the slow, you know, the, the child, uh, in the faith and, and, and nourishes them, tenderly nourishes them at the same time. The Corinthians, they need some daddies, you know, right. to 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 push them, to urge them, to to uh-huh. rebuke, to all these kinds of things. And so, um, that was one thing I thought of here. Of course, we already mentioned the, the author of Hebrews to the to the Hebraic church there, yep. uh, where he's exhorting them, like, listen, you should be teachers by now. Think about that. You should be teachers by now, yeah. but you're having to be fed this spiritual milk again, you know. Yeah. And so, there is an aspect of love here that I think is. Rebuke. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Ex- exhortation. At the exhortation. Very least. Yeah, yeah. There's an aspect of that here. Um, another thing I thought about was was again Jesus to Peter. Peter is notoriously mm-hmm. again he talk about like pinnacle Hot-headed. down to the down all the way down the mountain. You know, like he he he. You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God. Uh, you're not going to go to the cross, right? You know, that's that's Peter. That's us. 
and or or maybe it's a little bit later. I think it's in Luke's gospel. It's probably in all the synoptics, but I'm thinking of Luke in particular, where Peter says, "I'm ready to die. I'm, I'll go to prison with you." And, and Jesus is like, "Uh, you're, you're going to deny me in just a minute here." But he says, "I'm praying for you." Mm-hmm. So that your faith may not fail. Yeah. And you'll be restored. And then you come back and, and you edify your brothers and, and encourage them. And so just the aspect of trusting entrusting these people, these souls, these folks that are maybe slower in sanctification, entrusting them to Jesus. Um, so so patience, nursing, exhorting, uh, entrusting them to Jesus, praying for them. And the last thing I think has to be, has to be hope in God. Like, again, like Paul says, listen, I can water or plant or whatever it is, and Apollos waters plants, but only God can give the growth. And I think that completely applies to, to sanctification oh, as sure. well and the development of souls. So yeah. anything else that you would add there as to what love requires of us in this situation? I, the, the, the only thing left would be really just wisdom. Yeah. I mean, basically... What is going to work with yeah. one person is not going to work with another person. Yeah, very true. It can be Good very point. timing. And so yeah. patience is at the same time balanced with a hmm. sometimes it is the right time to go. You've mm-hmm. got to do something here. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not, hey, I can't help you anymore. Maybe it's we need to find you the right person who can sit with you and walk you through this particular phase of life. So wisdom and knowing who of what other disciples whether that be higher, low, whatever, but what other disciples to bring into these discipling relationships? People are in different places. Sometimes we're not the right person to help somebody through a particular spiritual hurdle. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Not everybody is is moving along slowly for the same reason. Right. Not every, obviously, not everyone is the same soul, oh. the same person, same situations, uh, yeah. same surroundings. And so there needs to be some kind of ability to, to discern uh, what's going on around a person, in a person, all the things that are involved there to know, okay, how am I actually going to approach this, this situation? Yeah. Okay. One thing I think here uh, that, that love requires of us is doc, more doctrinal. Uh-huh. Uh, so, George, how should a, a biblical understanding of sanctification and ourselves uh-huh. help us to love in this hard place well, I, the first one is just sanctification is a process it is not mm-hmm. a one-time yeah. event and that should give us both a lot of just <sighs> yeah relax relax a, a, yeah. just a sigh of relief because we, we want to be confronting sin mm-hmm. we want to be growing closer to christ-likeness but yeah it's going to take time and and jesus knew that it's not like he's sitting there just twiddling his thumbs waiting for us to get it right so he can finally move mm-hmm. um he knows it's a process and he's working us through it. I mean, he's putting, to be quite honest, a lot of the challenges that we're facing are meant for our sanctification. They're right. meant to make us, but yeah, they can make it seem like discipleship or seem that mm-hmm. our progressive holiness is going slowly mm-hmm. when it's really actually progressing. That's mm-hmm. what it's doing. It is progressing and that just takes time. Right. So sanctification takes time. I think that just theological understanding that yeah. it is not meant to be a one-time thing. Right. It's not an event. It's not a, an event. It is a... And and contrary to some, it's not even something that I think that we're going to be like, there's some point. I'm 75. I'm finally going to be rocking mm-hmm. it on all gears. Mm-hmm. And for the next yeah. 20, 30 years, I'm going to be like perfect and right. no sin and perfectly discipling and yeah. 
Is this is not how it works? Paul in First Corinthians thirteen, we we all still see dimly. He wrote mm-hmm. Romans or what you know, and all the things. Right. Peter at the end of his life, right, the last thing we get from him is continue, keep on growing so, in the grace and knowledge of Christ. So it's a process, and yeah. it's always mm-hmm. a process. And then yeah. I think the last one is then just it. it we return to Hebrews, and really just mm-hmm. the fact that Jesus acts as priest, high priest. He's available to us as an understanding savior. Mm -hmm. Um, That fact should give us again, a lot of just encouragement that Mm -hmm. as we stumble, as we ourselves go through slow times, Jesus is there. He's not letting us go. He's seen it through to the end. Um, And then as we're discipling people who are dealing with it, that same thing should help us basically put it in his hands, not take it, you know, like what am I doing wrong? Yeah. May not be anything wrong about it, um, but basically recognizing that holiness is, it's in Christ's hands. Yeah. He's the one who works it. Yeah. That's really good, brother. I think I would also come from the other side on sanctification because there is a sense in which we are, uh, obviously God is sovereign in it, but we are also responsible mm-hmm. for for, um, for sure. habits of grace, rhythms of grace, putting Absolutely. ourselves, using means of grace. And all these kinds of things. And so when we talk about earlier, um, <clears throat> the author of Hebrews exhorting, mm-hmm. uh, reproving, rebuking, pushing, saying, come on, let's go. Yep. You're supposed to be here, but you're way back here and, and all these kinds of things. I think we have to remember that sanctification includes human responsibility. Yeah. Um, and it, so it is a, it's a, there's a beating of the body to it. There's a, there's mm-hmm. a, a discipleship has cost and Mm -hmm. even if it is going slowly right we should expect to be putting in effort not because it saves us but because it shows actually that we are interested in seeing this through even if it's slow yeah we're in pursuit and uh so one of the things like if we're in a counseling situation or 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 you're you're in a situation this this hard place uh where you you are given the the privilege of loving someone who is really struggling they Mm -hmm. they just cannot seem to to keep going they're slipping back um one of the things that you really need to ask yourself and maybe uh, put before them is, are you, are you in pursuit? You know, right. like we have all these things, for example, that we've lined up as a church, you know, like it's mm-hmm. going to be corporate worship and men's discipleship and women's discipleship, right. all these kinds of like, are you, are you there? Yeah. Are you, are you availing yourselves of the, of the biblical means of grace, the things that we put aside as a church to develop and to grow and to progress? Mm-hmm. That'd be something that would just be on my, you know, as I'm thinking right. through how to, how to counsel here. Yeah. I'm um, thinking, okay, are you availing yourself of those, of those opportunities and, and blessings yeah, absolutely. Uh, that the Lord uses to really grow and develop you, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. there is real benefit. In yeah. There's things. a difference between, you know, if you, you know, as you commit to a plan, like how am I going to grow if I, if I'm dealing with, you know, I'm being mm-hmm. slow in patience, maybe how am mm-hmm. I going to address that? Is mm-hmm. it, I'm memorizing scripture. Am I putting a yeah. certain amount of time or whatever, we can even just test ourselves and our commitment to that by, are we, are we doing it? Are we pushing it off? Are we engaging? Yeah. Mm. That's right. And, and, and again, not to, to, um, be too segregated here between the nursing mother and the exhorting father <laughs> because mothers exhort and, oh, sure. and fathers can, can nourish and all these kinds of things. But you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, when I say, uh, that, um, you know, again, I think there's a sense in which with this particular soul, you're wanting to tenderly nurse on the one side, right? And be mm-hmm. like, I get it. I, I understand it. I'm not without fault. I'm not without my seasons of real slowness right. in all of this. Like, I, Sometimes I'm just like, am, am I even like, is this 
legit? Like, am, am I even, you know, <laughs> I believe, but help my unbelief. Like, and to, to just kind of get on the level right there. And at the same time, here comes the daddy, yeah. right? Here comes the There's father. So not excusing okay. sin or yeah. neglect because yeah, right. of our own uh, right. past experience uh-huh. of sin and neglect. Yeah. 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 So let's go. Let's come to service. Let's go to the study. Let's pray together. Let's do these things. And so um, maybe a way of, of thinking about how Paul's addressing the church at Thessalonica mm-hmm. and the church at Corinth as well. Uh, the other thing I think, too, about as it relates to ourselves here is uh, so it's the Michael Jordan syndrome that I think we have to be really care- careful of. Uh, Michael Jordan, obviously, is arguably the greatest basketball player in the history of basketball. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, as I recall, so, yeah. as I recall, but he has not been a great general manager sure. of the Charlotte. Are they even called the Hornets anymore? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but he hasn't been a great general manager. But one of the reasons that I've at least heard postulated the hypothesis here is that he was so great as a player that he, he that yeah, and he he sees other players and he goes, they're not good enough, right? You know, and he gets he gets rid of them. He goes off. He still believes he can come down from the box office and play a game against them and beat them. Yeah. And he's like sixty or whatever he is at this point. You know, and so again, there's sort of a, that spiritual pride mm-hmm. that says, again, I'm I'm greater, I'm better, I'm moving faster, I know more than they do, and all these I have kinds the of things. I've seen how this works out. Yeah. I can look yeah. at anybody and go, yeah. I know what they're dealing with. I know how to fix it. Yeah. This has become a kind yeah. of almost a savior complex ourselves. Yeah. It makes it hard for us to identify with them. Yeah, absolutely. And then to love them, mm-hmm. you know, and to bring them along. Yeah. Okay. Finally here, uh, George, let's just talk uh, quickly. Practical steps of love. Okay. What are some practical steps of love in this hard place? Uh, praying for one another. Uh, yeah. It, it should definitely receive mention that we should be praying like we expect God to work in yeah. the act of discipleship. Um, one, because if we aren't, it, it probably will not happen. Um, but just because we know that God is capable and willing, if we seek him, that's what he tells us. So, yeah. so yeah, pray, prayer for one another, that we are faithful, that we yeah. come together, that we unite and study together, that we worship together, that we encourage one another. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's all good. Um, another thing is that we just a practical that we welcome every effort, even when it is small. So many times the reaction is, well, it's about time, something like that. And all we've done is just chop somebody out from under their feet. So when you see something good, it may not have been as far as you wanted it to, but learning to praise what is good. Um, slow growth is still growth. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. Anything else there? Uh, seek forgiveness when you fail as yeah. a discipler. Uh, you don't have to yeah. be perfect. And just because somebody is struggling slowly yeah. doesn't mean our pushing and acting like we've got it all together will actually help. Sometimes we are failing in certain ways and we need to mm-hmm. fess up to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is an important piece. It's not always the piece, but but sometimes it can be a very practical step Mm -hmm. um, showing other people where we fail and where we need their discipling of us as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all good. Uh, Here are a few of mine. Uh, We have to have a willingness to reiterate uh, things. Uh, There needs to be a love of redundancy. I know people don't like redundancy, but you'll hear me even in preaching. I'll say again, again, 
again, it was something this week. <laughs> I, I was, I, I think it was online or something, but the, the general thrust of it was we all want to do that, like that nugget of wisdom, a truth bomb. And yeah. really, we just need common, simple, preach the Bible. Yeah. Go to God's word, and yeah. and it doesn't have to be flashy. It doesn't have to be the the shocking punch you in the face kind of thing. Sometimes it's just the regular application mm-hmm. of God's word to the little areas of our yeah. life. So, yeah. yeah, good loving teaching is going to be willing to be be simple. Uh, try to communicate the truths of the Bible, and then reiterate them over and, and over, over and over again. again. Uh, I unfortunately the, I, today preach I, the gospel daily <clears throat> to yourself. Yes, mm-hmm. right, and and. and the basics again to, of Christianity over over and over again, uh, but I, I was sitting uh, in the house today, and 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 you know one of my kids is uh, provoking one, and the other one is shouting at the other, and the other one is is cursing down the other, and all this kind of <laughs> stuff, and and I walk into the room, and I'm like, really, like really. You're, you're this old and you're this old and you're this many years old and we've been through this so many times. Why is this not, you know? Right. And, um, but, but again, again, I had lost patience. Gentleness then waned. There was an unwillingness to reiterate and be redundant sure. as long as it takes to make sure that it massages, massages its way into the hearts, mm-hmm. you know, um, of people. So yeah. a willingness to reiterate, uh, redundancy, a willingness to give milk. Okay. Yep. That's hard for me. Uh, I'm, I'm like the guy, okay. maybe like the author of Hebrews. It's like, let's go. Like you're supposed to be teachers by now. And can we, can we now move along? But he actually does go on to say, Here's yep. here's the milk. We have to give yeah. you milk we do again. Have to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we do have to do it. So we want to we want to be able to give the milk at the same time, kind of pushing the pace towards solid food. Yeah. At the same time, uh, I think there needs to be a willingness to change up one's pace. Right. You want to run with the people that want to run, uh-huh. but as you're running, you also have to kind of look back and be like, okay, who's who's straggling? Who's who's, who's lagging? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who's straggling behind? And as particularly as a shepherd, you have to go back and get them. You can't just be like, well, oh, well, we'll just leave that one for the wolf. Right. You know, like we need to go back and and get them and and bring them up to speed. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think there needs to be a willingness uh, to keep the big picture in mind. Again, this goes back into the idea Mm -hmm. of sanctification. One of the great illustrations of this in the Bible is the relationship between Paul and Mark. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this yep. where, where Mark is, is going with him? I can't remember exactly where it is. It's in the book of Acts. Yeah. Um, but, but he, I think he, he's, I don't know, like he's Gets young, he's youthful. Yeah. And he leaves, really he leaves the mission. Yeah. And then later on they get into a big argument because one of them wants to take Mark and Paul's like, no, I'm not no, taking Mark not because taking he him. left from us. But then you move along and it's several years later, maybe even decades later at this point, And so at the end of Paul's valuable, life, a valuable. Yes. Yes. In second Timothy, yeah. last thing Paul writes, I think. And he goes, Make sure that Mark comes. He's useful. He's yeah. useful for me in ministry. And so you're seeing there that there was a time, and I don't know if Paul was exactly right in how he handled it. Maybe he didn't do a great job <laughs> with Mark in this on this particular occasion. But the idea is, is that Mark starts here and he ends up here. At one point, he's not useful for ministry. And then by the end of Paul's life, he is very useful mm-hmm. for ministry. And so to keep the big picture in mind, again, sanctification, not necessarily an event. It is more it is a process uh, towards Christ-likeness and, and fruitfulness, usefulness. Another good example of yeah. bringing other people along in discipleship. We're not always the one with the right answers, yeah. the right life experience, the, the one yeah. who will connect with their lived experience and... Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, having, having other people come along sometimes, you know, Mark had 
someone else other than Paul to then disciple him. Yep. And maybe that's what he needed. Maybe Paul was not going to give exactly the example Christ wanted him to give at that point. Mm-hmm. He needed a Barnabas. That's right. He needed somebody else. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And then as you already mentioned, I think the last thing here is we have to have a willingness to pray. Mm-hmm. Um, God is the one who gives the growth. Our hope is in yep. God. Uh, I can't move the needle one inch on someone's sanctification. Yeah. Once, once someone's, the speed at which they develop. really easy to crush that read, but it's, yeah. yeah, we don't have the strength to. At, at all. Yeah. We can just, all we have is the means of grace. All we have is the word of God. I say all we have. That's what God has given to us. It is right. the power of God, yeah. right? Exactly. And, and so we just want to hold that out. But then we have to know that they were falling back on a God who's almighty, who is sovereign, who cares for us, who loves his people and has a purpose in mind uh, to make mm-hmm. us like Christ Absolutely. Uh, in, in an increasing way. Mm-hmm. And so uh, just to fall back there into when, when you, whenever we're in a situation where uh, we have folks that we're discipling and, and they're struggling along with things um, where we are not loving them well, or we are loving them well when we pray for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Know? So, yeah. okay. It's brother. not a trite. It's not, yeah. it's not something that just, is done because, well, there's nothing else to be done. It's done because there's power in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Any final thoughts here? I think we've covered the ground. I think we've covered it. Okay, great. Yeah. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Yep. Yeah.